Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And you have to be super happy this week, Ducks fans, as the Ducks pulled it off. They won the Pacific Division for the fourth time in a row, Eddie. Uh, just like we predicted, they dominated the whole season and took over the division. No, just kidding. They, <laughs> they, they really came back and won the division in dramatic form, Eddie, this past week. Uh, how crazy do you think this last week was, uh, given some of the losses and some of the wins, uh, for the Ducks to come out and win this division, Eddie? Yeah, and really with the two heartbreaking losses to Winnipeg and OT and, and losing to Vancouver 3-2, to those were games that we, you know, we said you had to win if you wanted to have a chance. You know, We go into the game against LA still having a chance if you beat them and then losing to them and, and you know losing the chance to decide your own fate. Then uh, LA goes into the crazy game against Winnipeg. Um, we all think it's over. I think we're, uh, most you know, 90% of the fan base was resigned to playing San Jose in the first round. You know, LA was pretty much on the cusp of winning their second ever Pacific Division title. And Winnipeg makes a, uh, an amazing comeback, wins in a shootout. We've still got a chance, but you got to beat two teams. They beat the Avalanche. They beat the Washington Capitals, although shorthanded, and still just an, like you said, an amazing comeback from where they started at the beginning of the season. Uh, on this show, we're going to go back uh, through all the games this last week. Real quickly, we'll talk about what happened, uh, the wins and the losses and everything involved in those games. We'll get you up to date on the injury news that we know as of today. Obviously, some of that is going to change. The Ducks do not play until Friday against Nashville, so they're going to rest and hopefully get most of the players back for game one. And we'll also talk about the matchup against Nashville. We'll talk about the, the positives and the negatives, what we think uh, will work for the Ducks, what will be good for Nashville. We'll go into all that. Plus, we've got tons of fan questions as well. So let's go back to the beginning of this week. Uh, the Ducks played Dallas. They played an extremely good game uh, defensively in this one, Eddie, getting shorthanded goals, and that was really the difference in this game. And the Ducks won this game, and you had to feel good about this victory uh, to start off the week. Yeah, and, you know, it was a, the game that we said was going to be one of the harder ones until you face L.A. I mean, Dallas is or is and, and was at the time the best team in the Western Conference. They finished theirs um, as of this week. And, and they're a tough team. They score a lot of goals. You know, they have their problems defensively. The Ducks took advantage of that. Uh, you know, they, they, they gave up a, a lot of odd man rushes. And, you know, they took advantage of that and played a really, really strong game, like you said. And I think this was a, a huge start uh, to that, the, the next few games to follow from here. And, and, you know, obviously in the end, it ended up paying off. Yeah, and you had to feel good after this win. And then the Ducks, you know, went into that game against the Jets. And the Ducks, you know, had the one nothing lead. And you thought that they were going to win this game. And unfortunately, a late goal by Marco Dano tied the game. And the Ducks ended up losing in overtime in this one. They, they still played pretty well defensively. Uh, but the offense kind of struggled in this one a little bit, Eddie. Yeah, and the, the Jets are causing fits for, for all the Pacific Division teams at the end of the right? season there. I mean, the, a team that's been you know relatively disappointing all season uh, is starting to turn it on at the end here, trying to play spoiler with the the first line they have going on. It with uh, Ayler, Shifley, and Wheeler was just on a roll in this game. They were on a roll in, in the game against uh, the the Kings, and 
you know, those guys are out there what seems like every shift or every other shift. And, you know, the Ducks played a tough, uh, you know, a tough game in this one. They ended up getting the point, which, I mean, turned out to be crucial in the end. But, you know, they made it tough for themselves going into the game against L.A. Yeah, and the way the games played out on that night on Tuesday, it was very interesting to see. You had the Ducks winning one nothing. If they would have won, they would have gotten the two points in regulation. You had the Kings who were losing to Calgary, and they end up coming around and winning in overtime. So at the end of the night, uh, the teams were tied, but the Ducks had a chance to be up by three points uh, and, and go into that game against L.A., you know, closing it out and winning the division. Instead, they're locked up in a tie. The Kings had the tiebreaker, which I know there was some confusion with some of the fans. The, t- the first tiebreaker is the regulation or overtime victories, which the Kings ended up with three or four more than the Ducks. So they had that tiebreaker. So the Ducks had to get one more point to win the division. So the game against L.A. on Thursday was extremely crucial uh, for the Ducks to win. Uh, again, just like the game against the Jets, the Ducks came out. Uh, they got the first goal. They played a decent first period against L.A., and then after that, Eddie, I really don't know what happened with the Ducks, but they didn't have as much fire going into the second period. Uh, they weren't taking the inside lanes as much. They played a little bit too much on the perimeter, uh, with the exception of, of Corey Perry. As you remember, he, he and Quick went at it for a little bit again, as they always do. Uh, but I didn't like the way the Ducks played after the second period on. Uh, they ended up losing this game to L.A. 2-1, to though I think Gibson could have stole this game or at least a point for the Ducks. Even though the Ducks didn't play as well in this game, L.A. did get a few fortunate bounces on their goals, Eddie. Yeah, and honestly, if it wasn't for Gibson, this could have been a lot worse. L.A. You know, extreme, uh, outshot uh, the Ducks you know, significantly in this game, and they outplayed them you know, pretty much after the first period and all the way throughout the game. Um, I, I I don't know the, the the four check in this game was going for L A. They're you know they're tight in the neutral zone. The Ducks didn't really have any chances. When the Ducks did have power plays, they got shut down pretty easily. You know it, it was just a tough game, and and it's the style of hockey that L A. plays, and even Anaheim plays when when they're on their game. And you know you can maybe chalk this up to injuries. You know having to play uh, you know a lot of guys who normally don't play in the lineup, but. You know, I I think Gibson, like you said, could have stole this game for them. I I think the Ducks still had a chance to get in, get into it, but you know, unfortunately, it was the result that everybody was dreading. At this, don't even pick up a point, and LA ends up finishing um, at the end of the night up two points. And the situation was set there that the Kings could go on and win the Pacific Division. All they had to do was win uh, any kind of fashion, two point win against the Jets on Saturday. The Ducks, even if they had won those uh, last two games, again, like we talked about, the tiebreaker would have gone to L.A. So the Ducks go into Saturday's game against Colorado. They call up a mess load of players uh, that come up. Some of the guys rest. They sit out Stoner, Horkoff, and Santarelli in this game. Still play all the other big guns. The Ducks get it done against Colorado. If you remember, they hadn't scored a goal against Colorado in both games. This game, they go on fire. They score five goals. They end up uh, taking out the Avalanche, uh, put the pressure on the Kings against the Jets to play their full lineup because now the Kings needed to get a win or at least a point, which they ended up getting a point, and then put it back on the Ducks, which we all know what happened. The Ducks beat uh, Washington to win the division. But I I like the way the Ducks played in this game against Colorado, Eddie. Uh, They came out strong. Uh, They had a little bit of a lapse in the second period, but then they turned it back on in the third period. Uh, Getzoff got a goal in there. 
Uh, Silverberg, 20-goal scorer. I think you and I talked about this. We said he had a chance to do it, and he did it. I'm super happy for him. I know his parents are very excited. He had a great season so far for the Ducks, and that line is going to be something that we're going to talk about in the playoffs. But I did like the way that the Ducks played in this game against Colorado. They got a little bit of revenge for those two losses, Eddie, and they put the pressure on L.A., which ended up, you know, uh, helping the Ducks get the division. Yeah, and, and it's a you know like you said it's it's a it was a game against a team who dominated us all season who hadn't scored a goal against them in two games, lost three nothing each time. You know Colorado does end up scoring three goals in this game, but the Ducks do get the win and and, and pull out five goals and you know just a great performance and, and in a must win game. You know you have to win this game. You knew they knew they would have to to win in Washington too, and, and they'd have to rely on LA losing in any fashion against a, a you know a Winnipeg team who'd been surging. But you know it, it's great to see. Silverberg hit 20. I mean, he he ends up just getting it, hits it right on the button. And, and I mean, we said at the beginning of the season actually that we thought uh, we wouldn't be surprised uh, to see him hit 30 this season. Obviously, the, his start to the season wasn't uh, wasn't great at all. And I, I still think he does have that potential in him. I, I think he can hit 30 goals, you know, a, a couple times in his career. I think he's got a great shot, a great release. No, he's a deceptive shot on him, so I think uh, he definitely could hit that. But I mean, it's a great accomplishment either way to hit 20. You know, uh, Kessler ends up hitting 20 as well on the season. Raquel hits 20, so a lot of guys get into the milestone this year for for the Ducks and you know Perry obviously again leading the Ducks in goals and, and getting 34. So just a great performance, and like you said, putting the the pressure on the Kings to to beat the Jets on in the same night. Yeah, and then after this game, of course, everybody's watching the Kings and the Jets game. I didn't watch the beginning of it because I'll share a little secret with everybody. Every time I watch the Kings play, they win. I I don't know what it is. I have no idea why, but when I turn it on, they could be losing by two or three goals in the third period, and they'll come back and win every time I watch. So the Jets are up. I'm sorry. The Jets are down uh, 3-0. I'm getting all these messages about, oh, get ready for the Sharks. We're going to play the Sharks. You know, what do you think? And blah, blah, blah. You know, text messages and messages on Facebook and Twitter and all that are going off because it's 3 nothing. So then it goes to 3-2, to two, and I think to myself, okay, do I turn on the game or not? Because when I do, they, you know, usually win. So I turn on the game. The Jets tie the game. I go, okay, I'm going to keep watching this game. So I watched all the third period, watched the overtime, watched the shootout. Couldn't believe that the Kings didn't win this game. And uh, the Jets, you know, they go, they beat everybody. They beat the Sharks, they beat the Ducks, they beat the Kings. Uh, obviously, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they, they play spoiler almost on everybody. And, uh, I mean, what a battle that game was, Eddie. And then it set the table for Sunday against Washington. And the irony of this game is the Ducks were supposed to play Washington back in January. The snowstorm came. The game gets postponed. Uh, Washington sits a whole bunch of their regulars. You had Ovechkin that had the hat trick the night before, got his 50th goal. Hopi tied uh, Brodeur's record for 48 wins on season. He sits. Orpik sits. Uh, you know, a bunch of other players sit. The Ducks decide to go with everybody, uh, minus Gibson and Kessler, who both go back home with minor injuries. We'll talk about all the injuries, but they're both going to be fine for game one, and we'll talk about that. But it set the stage. And even though Washington had a short-handed uh, you know, team, Eddie, the Ducks get it done. Uh, they win 2 nothing. Anderson was phenomenal in that. Uh, even with the depleted Washington team, they played a tough game, uh, especially in the first period there. And they tried to make a push in the third, but the Ducks were able to get it done, won the division for the fourth time in a row. 
Yeah, and I think they're happy now that this game was pushed back all the way to now and, and you you get to sit some of the superstars on, on the league's best team. I mean, who knows what can happen if this game had to played when it should have been. You know, the, the Caps were on a roll. They're the, still the best team in hockey. You know, the, you would have had to play against the the all their players, Ovi, Holpe. Everybody would have been playing. And, you know, they might. you never know. They might have picked up a loss there. And we could be looking at a different situation now. But, the, you know, they still have to go into this game and, and beat a very good team. Even without the superstars, they're still a good team, and, and it was a great effort. I mean, seeing Freddie come back at the end of the season was great, and it, you know, having both him and Gibson healthy going into the playoffs is a big thing. In case one guy stumbles, you can put the other guy in, and, and just a great performance overall. You know, beating the team, keeping them off the score sheet, and it's a good way to uh, you know enter the playoffs. Yeah, and it was the way that we all predicted, right, Eddie? Remember, we said the Ducks <laughs> were going to win the division and it was going to be no problem, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, just like everybody else, uh, the, the prediction came true, but obviously the way that the Ducks got there was not the way that we had all anticipated. So uh, definitely exciting for them to come and win these last two games. The Kings blow it. They had their chance. Uh, the Ducks take the division banner. And I know a lot of people out there are like, who cares? It's a division banner. whoop de doo We've won the last three, and, and it hasn't mattered. But like we talked about, Eddie, to come back from last place uh, you know, in, in, you know, a couple months into the season in the Pacific Division, go all the way up to first on the very last day, it's just huge momentum. It, it, I mean, it's momentum that the Ducks are going to need, uh, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but uh, in that ma- matchup against Nashville, this is huge for the Ducks. Yeah, and really, to, to be at Christmas, be last in the Pacific at 1.16 points behind the LA Kings. I mean, we were all saying, oh, we'd just be happy to get in the wild card spot. We'd just be happy to get into the playoffs right now. You know, the division doesn't really matter as long as we can get in. And, and I, you know, we could be one of those teams that come in on the eighth spot and or seventh spot and get in and, and make a run. You know, obviously, if you get in like that, you're going to have to play a very strong, you know, central division team. And somehow... They come back. They go 34-10-5 since Christmas, the best record in the NHL, and they just get by, barely get by the Kings and win their fourth straight Pacific Division title. I mean, that's got to be a huge momentum booster for the Ducks, and, and you know, just a great accomplishment overall. And talking about accomplishments, there's a few other things that the Ducks accomplished this season as well. They had the lowest goals against. In the NHL at 2.29, they just barely beat out Washington. They actually, the shutout against Washington is what helped them uh, win the William Jennings Trophy, uh, which you have to give a lot of credit to Anderson and Gibson uh, for getting that done. The team defense, uh, even Hudobin a little bit too there in the beginning of the season, he had some decent starts as well. Um, And what an honor. I mean, that's the first time in franchise history, Eddie, that the Ducks have achieved that. And we've talked about this before with hockey and all sports. Defense wins championships, and this is very, very good for the Ducks going into the playoffs. Yeah, and it's great. And you always hear a lot of experts every year saying, oh, can you trust the Ducks goalies? And I think you know, this is a big statement for them. Yes, you can trust this. I mean, we have the least amount of goals against. We split pretty much the whole season in starts. Um, and you're going in as, as the best defensive team in the league. You know, the only issue, and, and, and you know, I'll speak to this too as well, is that it's tough to go into the season or into the, the postseason having two two number ones. You know, there's not a lot of teams who go into the postseason and end up winning it all playing both goalies. I think luckily, you know, you never want to say luckily when a guy gets injured, but I think it was a, a good thing for the Ducks in the long run going into the playoffs having one guy being able to start 
the the majority of uh, of the starts going into the postseason not being Gibson with Freddie being out with a concussion and, and now it looks like uh, Gibby will be the starter going into the playoffs and, and I think that was a good thing for him you know him knowing right away he was going to be the number one guy playing with confidence playing you know four straight games where he just played phenomenal and he's going to go into the playoffs hot and I, I think that's a big thing for the Ducks but you know it's just a, a great accomplishment it's a a Ducks you know a Ducks team a style a Ducks team we haven't really seen before. And and then leading the league in goals against and winning the Jennings, it's just a you know a huge accomplishment for the franchise. And in addition to that, too, the Ducks also set the record for first in power play percentage and penalty kill percentage. Which the last team to do that, Eddie, was the 1984-85 New York Islanders. So. You have that for the Ducks to be proud about as well. Their special teams is on cue. Uh, in the beginning of the season, the penalty kill was, you know, from the get-go was strong. The power play was not strong in the beginning and then came on later in the season. So that's a huge accomplishment in itself as well. And uh, according to HockeyFights.com, the Ducks led the league in fights at 42, which, I mean, obviously we don't want to see probably too many of those in the playoffs. We want to see more goals and wins. But this is a Ducks team that, I mean, it's just balanced. Uh, they can fight. They can score. They can play defense. They play specialty uh, teams well. And, you know, going into the playoffs, and we'll talk about some of this stuff with Nashville, uh, you, I'm more concerned about the Ducks playing their game. I'm not worried about Nashville and not playing the Sharks now, which we'll get to. But you have to tip your hat off just to the Ducks' uh, well-rounded play in all areas of the game, Eddie. Yeah, and this is something we've been waiting for for a while. I, I mean, every year we wonder how is this, how is the power play struggling, or how is the penalty kill not as good as it should be? We've had, we've got some great shutdown guys. We brought in Kessler for the penalty kill. We we have Getzloff and Perry for the power play, and every year it seems to struggle. And finally, we get it this year where not only one but two were the the best in the league and like you said not, not hasn't happened since 1985 you know that bodes well going into the playoffs and not only you know you do you have that you have the the Jennings trophy to go along with that and it's just a well-rounded team like you said and and it's just great you know as long as they play their game they can beat anybody i mean with with stats like that you know they really should be able to beat anybody if they play you know on, on their game every night and uh, before we get to the injuries and uh, the playoff matchup, uh, just one word from our sponsor real quick. Uh, Sons of Hockey sponsored us uh, last show and this show as well. Uh, check them out at sonsofhockey.com. Also at Twitter, Sons of Hockey. They sell hockey shirts uh, for the Ducks and other teams as well. Uh, we support them and they support us. Josh runs that site and does a very good job, so please check them out. Um, Back to the Ducks now. Uh, going to the injuries now. I know that's a big concern. Everybody wants to know because there's players that sat and players that went in and out and all the call-ups and all of that this last weekend. Here's where we're at today. Obviously, stuff can change. This is just Monday. We've got five days or four and a half days uh, until the Ducks play and things could change. But it looks like Stoner, Horkoff, and Santorelli are all fine, good to go. They had minor bumps and bruises. They played in that game against Washington. They are going to be good to go. Gibson and Kessler both did not play in Washington, but they are also going to be good to go for game one. And additionally, it sounds like Botnan and Raquel will be ready to go for game one. So it looks like all of those players will be back, Eddie. The only question marks really for the series, it's going to come down to Bieksa, Perry, and Perron. 
we don't know the exact timeline on those. Um, we heard Allers talk about the team, and he was thinking that everybody would be back for the, the first game. I, I don't know for sure about that, though. It really comes down to Bieksa, Piri, and Perron. I'm not sure uh, about those three, but it looks like the Ducks will have everybody else ready to go for game one on Friday a- as of right now. Yeah, and that's extremely important. I mean, having Raquel back will be great. We've kind of missed that creativity in a couple of games. You could see that, especially against LA, uh, as well as getting Vaughn back is going to be huge for the blue line. And being, you know, he he's generally the defenseman who who creates off the rush. He's the the best of Ducks defenseman at that. So having him back is going to be huge. Uh, and really, like you said, it does come down to Perry, BX, and Perron. And from what we've heard from Perron, we don't expect to see him in game one. More so, you know, a mid to late first round, early second round is, is when we would hope to see him. But yeah, Perry and BX, we haven't heard too much about. You know, obviously, Bieksa would be a great addition to the blue line, and Perry would add some more scoring depth. But I think, you know, as long as everybody else is back. I think that's a healthy enough team and, and you know a, a good enough team to compete. You know, once you get BX in there and Piri in there as well, and Perron hopefully, you know, hopefully in the first round, if not in the second round, that would be a, an ex, you know, a, like a deadline acquisition in the playoffs. So it'll be great for them to get him back. But I think if you can go in, you know, with only those three guys on, on the injury list, I think you're okay. And speaking of that, the Ducks are going to face the Nashville Predators. This will be the uh, the second time that they face them. The last time was in the 2010-2011 season. Uh, if you remember that season, the Ducks uh, had a chance to win uh, Game 5. I, I was there in person. They were up by a goal. Uh, of course, Shea Weber scored and sent that game to overtime. and They won Game 5 and then went on to win Game 6. So a little bit of payback for the Ducks here. They're going to play Nashville that eliminated them back then. Um, we're going to go through the offense, the defense, the goalies, and the special teams. And uh, we'll start with the offense. What do you think, Eddie, in terms of Nashville's forwards against the Ducks forwards? Who do you like and who do you give the advantage to in this series? You know, it, it, it's extremely close. And, and I think if you go off of depth and, and you look at all, you know, all 12 forwards, uh, or, uh, you know, it, it's important to look at, you know, quality throughout the lineup. But I think the Ducks have that over the Predators, you know, even with missing guys like Perron and Piri, I, I think they still have that. Obviously, you got the two superstars in Getzloff and Perry. You've got the shutdown line, which has been together all season, and Ryan Kessler, Jakob Silverberg, and, and Cogliano. And then you've, you're you going to have Raquel back, and, and, you know, you could shoot him up with McGinn and Perry and decide what you want. And just being able to shuffle those all, all around, I think, is going to be an advantage. But you can't count out Nashville. I mean, they have two 30-goal scorers in, in Philip Forsberg and James Neal, and those are, you know, along with Ryan Johansson, that's going to be their, their main three forwards that you got to watch out for. And I, I believe... Um, at times they do play on the same line. So, you know, that almost might be an advantage um, if Ryan Kessler can shut down that line. You know, there, there are still some guys who are threats in the lineup, but, you know, uh, those are the three main guys you got to focus on. You know, Mike Ribeiro, Craig Smith, they can still hurt you. Uh, but I think you do have to give the slight advantage here to, uh, to the Ducks. Yeah, and with that, uh, we had one question about this, too, from Alex. You know, he talks about the Ducks lineup and, and what do we think the lineup will be going in here, uh, the forward line against Nashville. And, of course, you know, barring the injuries, that's going to affect what we think. But I think the two lines that you really have to go with, Eddie, and you mentioned one of them, is you have to go with the Kessler line again with uh, Cogliano and Silverberg, obviously. Is that the shutdown line, like you said, if they can take down Nashville's big line, that's going to be a huge key in this forward matchup. 
Uh, also, you got to go with McGinn, Raquel, and Perry. I think that's another huge line. You got to put them back together and, and go uh, in this series if they do do that. Uh, then you would go with uh, Getzloff, Stewart, and then maybe Garbutt. Uh He was doing good with that line on the top there, so that might be your, your third line. And then the fourth line would fill in with Horkoff, Thompson, Wagner, Santarelli, and whoever else you want to throw in there. But that may be the lineup you go with. The, the Ducks could keep uh, Getzloff and Perry together too. We may see that with McGinn. That's another line that I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing as well. So that's kind of how the lines, I think, will match up, Eddie, against uh, the Nashville Predators. Yeah, and it'll be interesting because if Kessler can do a good job of shutting them down and if Forsberg, Neal, and Johansson do play together, which it'll be interesting to see what they do, and I think that's what will come into uh, how Boudreaux will you know, set up his lineups. Um, if Forsberg, Neal, and Johansson play together, I think it would be better to play Getzloff with Perry. Uh, with Perry. Because then if that line can shut down the Nashville's top line, you've got a huge advantage in being able to throw out two superstars against a team that really doesn't have a, a shutdown line. I mean, is not much of a shutdown center. He's more of a playmaking guy. You know, Craig Smith is, is a big guy as well. But I don't think, you know, they really have, you know, other than Mike Fisher, Colin Wilson, Colin Wilson it, it's hard to say they really have a shutdown guy, you know, like a, a Ryan Kessler. So I think if they do play all the superstars on one line, it would be beneficial to play gets off with Perry. But you also have the, the option to, to split them up. And you could play, like you said, Raquel, McGinn, and Perry on a line. Gets off and Stewart and maybe Garbett or, or Perry on that top line. And then you've got more depth. And, and that's something we've talked about all all season, which is a huge advantage for the Ducks, being able to switch up their lineup. Getzlaff uh, isn't no longer you know a staple to play with Perry, and I think that's a huge advantage for the Ducks going in. And with that, what about the defense then? I mean, how would Nashville defend against the Ducks if the Ducks go with Perry and Getzlaff together or separate? What do you think? Uh, who has the edge in the defense? Do you think the Ducks have a better defense, or do you think Nashville has a better defense? Yeah, this question is tough too. I, I mean, if you look at the names on paper, I think you have to go with Nashville just because they have two top defensemen in Roman Yossi and Shea Weber. Um, and then they've got two really good four, uh, top four pairings in, in, in Matthias Ekholm and Ryan Ellis. Uh, but in, in, in straight depth across all three pairings, I think the, that advantage goes to the Ducks. I think the bottom pairing... Uh, and Nashville is, is a lot weaker, and if you can get you know a, a Getzloff line or a Perry line against that bottom pairing, that's going to be an advantage. I think the Ducks, when healthy, have you know three pairings which are are, are very strong. Uh, but you know, you just just for the star power and, and the, the ability of of Shea Weber and Roman Yossi, I think you have to give a small advantage to the Nashville Predators, uh, uh, at least on the defensive end. I agree, and I think the strategy for the Ducks, if they're really gonna uh, take advantage uh, of the Nashville defense, if, if there is such a thing as taking advantage, they're really going to have to wear down those top four like you mentioned, Eddie, because if the Ducks can wear out the top four and Nashville can't put in that third pair as much, then maybe the Ducks can wear them down, get some goals, and score because Nashville's not going to be able to put those guys out all the time, especially the first two games uh, at home at Honda Center. Obviously, the home team has the last change, the Ducks are definitely going to have to look for that kind of advantage in trying to win these first two games against Nashville. Yeah, and these are two guys who log a lot of minutes too. I mean, they're they're both minuses uh, on a, a team that has a lot of plus on the blue line actually in, in Nashville, and you know that that kind of shows on, on how much they're playing. They're playing in all situations, you know, pretty much half the game at times. So 
they're going to be out there a lot. You got to take advantage uh, of being able to make the changes that you want when you're on home ice. Um, and you know, it, it's going to be a tough matchup and you know, they're, they're two very good defensemen. You're going to have to take advantage when, when the other guys are out on the ice and, and hopefully make them pay. And moving along to the goalie situation, uh, we know that Gibson's going to start game one. Uh, he'll probably go game two. We don't know that for sure, but that's probably what's going to happen. But what do you think? Gibson against Rene, how do you think the Ducks are going to do against uh, you know their, their goalie, which you know he's a pretty solid goaltender over there in Nashville. Yeah, and you know definitely Rene isn't what he used to be. Not saying he's a bad goalie anymore. He's actually been re- very good since um, the Christmas break. He started off terrible to begin the season, but he's been pretty good since then. He finished with some respectable numbers, uh, thirty-four wins on the season. So you know uh, a good you know a good season for him. He started sixty-six games, which is something you, you're used to seeing from him. Uh, but I, I think you know I I I, I don't want to be biased here, but. I give the advantage to the Ducks. I like how Gibson has played all season. He started 38 games. His numbers are phenomenal. He's got a 2.07 goals against average and a .92 save percentage. And those are some great numbers going along with 21 wins as well. And I think he's just been outstanding. He's been great since he's had to you know, take over the starting reins when Freddie's been out with a concussion. And I think he's coming in with a lot of confidence. You've seen that in the games that he's played. He got a nice rest uh, the other day, and Freddie came in and showed that he can still play, and he's fine after coming back from a concussion. And, you know, outside of Pecorino in Nashville, if he if he struggles, they're done. I mean, Carter Hutton is not going to win them a series. And, and I think, you know, with that, I think you have to give the advantage to the Ducks. And we had one fan question about that, too, from Eric. He asked about uh, Peke Rene's uh, playoff experience and, and how he did and uh, have some stats here for you. You know, he's been in the playoffs uh, four times uh, going back to the 2009-2010 season with Nashville. And his record hasn't been that great, Eddie. Uh, 15 wins, 19 losses. Uh, save percentage, 9-1-4. Not too bad. Uh, goals against, 2.48, which is average. So he hasn't been that great in the playoffs. I mean, obviously they beat the Ducks back in 2010-2011, as we mentioned earlier, so we're looking for a little bit of payback. But I think the key against Pecorino is you got to get traffic in front. Obviously, he's a big goaltender, and you got to go the net, and that's going to be the key. you got to get McGinn in there. you got to get Perry in there. Uh, hopefully when Perron gets back, uh, you know, maybe he'll be in at the last couple games of the series. And also Raquel. I think that's going to be a big key is creating traffic, driving the net, and making life uh, miserable for Pecorino in the crease. Yeah, and, and I think what's interesting too is these two teams haven't played each other since November. They're both extremely different teams since they played each other. Obviously, the Ducks have gone on uh, on a roll since then, and Nashville has been you know played steady. They've gotten a lot a lot more scoring since we last played them. You know, they do have the season series on us two to one. Uh, but if you look at the all-time record uh, against the Predators, the Ducks are 36, 21, and seven. You know they're 23, six, and three at Honda Center, uh, 13, 15, and four on the road at Bridgestone Arena. So uh, I mean they've they're, they've dominated them at Honda Center, and since 2012, 2013, they're, they're nine, three, and zero, oh, and that is including them being one, two, and zero oh against them this season. You know they're five, one, and zero oh at Honda Center. And a, and a respectable 4-2-0 at, at British on Arena. So, you know, I, I think it actually, you know, there's a, a big favorable advantage here having home ice advantage with them dominating Nashville at Honda Center, uh, you know, all-time all record and even since 2012-2013. So it's a big advantage there. And, I, I you know, British on Arena is a hard arena to go into. 
you know they they do a great job with, uh, of a playoff atmosphere there. They paint it yellow. They they do an extreme extremely good job of preventing other fans from getting into the arena. You know it's ninety nine point nine percent Nashville Predators fans in the arena, so it's going to be a tough atmosphere. But you know I think they'll be able to pull it out with with their stellar record at home. So you're telling me that the Ducks are going to sweep Nashville, right? No, <laughs> I just think we're going to see a Winnipeg Calgary situation I, like we did I, last year. I think. You know, the teams this year going into the Western Conference, maybe barring uh, Minnesota, are, are, you know, seven to eight very strong teams compared to last year. No, I know. Just get in there. But, I mean, this is going to be a tough series for sure. I mean, it's going to be orange against yellow. Uh, the last part of this to look at is the special teams play, Eddie. Obviously, everybody knows the Ducks are number one in penalty kill and power play. Uh, Nashville is 10th at 19.7 in power play, and they're 16th on the penalty kill at 81.2%, which aren't terrible numbers. They're not that far off from the Ducks. So the special teams play, I think you agree, we, we obviously give it to the Ducks. But again, it's going to be competitive, Eddie, on, on uh, penalty kill and power plays. Yeah, I think you have to give it to the Ducks. I mean, you, you against anybody, you would have to give it to the Ducks with them being first in both categories. And and being you know amazing on the penalty kill all season and how their power plays picked up in the second half of the season you know it's clear advantage Nashville is sitting around you know the league average in both you know sitting 10th in power play like you said and and 16th in penalty kill so i think you got to take advantage of that when you get opportunities um you know hopefully if a guy like you ever see a guy like Weber or Yossi sitting in the box that's when you've got to take advantage of, of the power play you know those are the two guys who are going to carry them through some penalty kills in this series and if they're ever not on the ice i think that's when you've got to take a huge advantage and make them pay and and i think that will be a, you know a big key factor to to them you know coming out victors in this series I think the only other uh, key factor, too, Eddie, is uh, face-offs. The Ducks are 51.9% efficient, and Nashville's 487 So that's going to be huge, too. If the Ducks can control the face-offs, which has been a strength we've talked about uh, last season when they got you know Kessler going through the whole season, this season as well, uh, the face-offs have been key for the Ducks. If they can control that in this series, I think they'll have a chance to you know obviously win the series and move on to round two. Yeah, and really, Nashville is is the worst playoff team going in at faceoff percentage, and the Ducks are second best behind the Minnesota Wild, and and that's going to be huge. I mean, right now on paper, you would expect them to dominate in the faceoffs, and, and really, you know, that's what we would hope to see. You get a a lot more chances in the offensive zone. You'd be winning some defensive faceoffs too, as well on a penalty kill. Um, and I mean that's that's a, a a battle that we expect the Ducks to win, and we hope they win because that's going to be a huge factor. Like you said, it's going to play a key role in, in this series, and, and I think it's going to be something that that helps them eventually, you know, pull out the win. And with that, let's get to you know some more fan questions here. Some of it related to this matchup, some of it uh, basically uh, aimed at the playoffs. Uh, we had Matt ask us, "Are you happy that the Ducks are playing Nashville instead of the Sharks?" And I've talked about this a couple times on social media and whatnot, and I think you're in agreement with me on this, Eddie. I'm not really happy that the Ducks play Nashville or San Jose. I'm really more concerned that the Ducks play their game. Hopefully we get as many people healthy by Friday for game one, and we go from there. If we take the inside lanes, if we forecheck, we get into the net, we'll be fine. When the Ducks get into trouble is when they don't do those things and when they have too many turnovers and bad passes. When you see them lose games... That's the biggest problem. They get away from their game, and that's when they lose, Eddie. Uh, that's what you have to go back to. Even in the beginning of the season, the defense has been there. The goalies have been there for the Ducks. 
It's whether or not they can execute on the offensive play. To me, it's going to be the key for the Ducks in this series and the entire playoffs. Yeah, and and honestly, I, I'm in the same boat. There, I was indifferent to the the situation. I think there are two completely different matchups, and, and San Jose is a a very strong team. They've scored a lot of goals this season. They've scored 241 goals. Um, you know, their goaltending is a little bit suspect still. Uh, their play at home was terrible. They're 18, 20, and three at home, but their road play was, was the best in the league. So it would have been a tricky situation there. I mean. A, road, a home play can turn at any time, especially in the playoffs with the atmosphere there and them being such a dominant team on the road. I think it would have been a tough matchup, but you know, let's not kid ourselves. Playing Nashville is going to be tough as well. And, and really, I mean, I was indifferent to the whole situation, but I think winning the Pacific Division is, is huge motivation and, and being able to go into to Friday being Pacific Division champs to have goalies who, who are the Jennings Trophy winners. And, and you know, I think that's going to be all huge motivation going into game one. And the added bonus, too, that we probably didn't mention is with the Ducks winning the division, not saying that they're going to beat Nashville, but if they get by Nashville, they're going to face either San Jose or the Kings, and they're going to have home ice going into that series, too, Eddie, which, I mean, I know the Ducks have lost the Game 7s at home, and a lot of people talk about that, but still, you want to have that home ice for the first two rounds at least, and if they go on to the Western Conference Final, then it would depend on who comes out of the Central. The Ducks may or may not have home ice there as well. But it's still big, especially going against San Jose or the Kings if we get there uh, after this Nashville series. Yeah, and I think you know, the way it works out is they do have home ice in this game. They would have home ice in the second series. I, I think they already have lost home ice against any central team because each central team has uh, more points or has the, the tiebreaker on them. But either way, like you said, having home ice, especially in the first series, and, and and if you get into round two and playing either LA or San Jose and having home ice there is going to be a huge advantage. And the Ducks always have strong play at Honda Center. Like you said, though, there have been some issues lately. You know, obviously last year against Chicago Blackhawks. But, you know, it's always nice being able to play four games at home uh, at max in, in a playoff series. And I think that's going to be a big advantage if they're, they're going to make a, you know, a deep run this year. And speaking of deep runs, we had another question from at uh, MG Nick D on Twitter that asks about the Ducks going all the way to getting the cup and, and what are their chances. I think the chances are really good, Eddie. I think the chances this year compared to the last three seasons, which we all had high hopes those three seasons as well, I think this year, especially uh, getting most of the players back by Friday, I really believe this is the Ducks' best chance this year. I mean, obviously Nashville's not going to be easy. It's going to be a hard-fought series and round one. Uh, but I like the Ducks' chances. I really think that they can go deep. I think that they can get past the first two rounds, get to the Western Conference Final, and get to the Stanley Cup. I mean, obviously a lot of things can happen in the next two months. But I really have a good feeling that they can go at least to the final this year. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's a different Ducks team. We've been saying it all season. It's a different Ducks team than we, we've seen in previous years. And, and honestly, I think if this team was, if you take this team and put them in the place of last year's team, I think they go all the way and they win it. I, I think the matchups in last year's playoffs were a lot easier. Winnipeg being just in the playoffs, Calgary as well, being able to sweep past them. Um, and I think that the way the Ducks play this year would have matched up a lot better uh, against the speedy Chicago team. Uh, in in the Western Conference Final, and they almost they almost took it anyway in, in going to seven games. But you know the the way they play this year, and, and they've had to battle it out. You know the the record isn't as good as it was last year, but you know I I don't think it really matters. Uh, I mean the the defensive play has been key this year. 
you know, I, I, there, it's a lot tougher matchups, especially having to play Nashville in the first round and, and then playing either LA or San Jose in the second round and then playing one of those, you know, ridiculous Central Division teams in either Dallas, St. Louis, or Chicago in round three. You know, it's going to be a tough trip there, but I, I think they have what it takes this year. Uh, you know, they've done everything right. They battled back from a, a, a bad start. You know, the best record since Christmas. They win the Pacific Division. I, I think, you know, everything's in their favor right now to make a, a deep run to the Stanley Cup final. And, you know, talking about the playoffs, too, we have one more question. Uh, talking about all the first-round matchups, we have Kyle that asks about if we think there will be any upsets in the first round. And, you know, I guess we can start with the uh, Western Conference and go to the Eastern Conference, Eddie. Uh, if I look at, you know, this side of the uh, the NHL, I would think probably the biggest upset, and it's not, not really an upset, I guess, would be St. Louis beating Chicago. I mean, obviously St. Louis has more points. But Chicago's kind of had their number. So I'm looking in these series, I, I think St. Louis beating Chicago might be a, a surprise in the West. Uh, San Jose and L.A., that's a tough one. I, I don't know. I, the Sharks could pull that one off, too. Again, L.A.'s had their number. And then you have Dallas and Minnesota, which I, I think Dallas will probably pull that one out. But if I had to pick one of the matchups, I think St. Louis would probably be maybe the one that would be a surprise, Eddie, even though they are technically the favored team uh, by record in this uh, series. Yeah, and it really, the biggest surprise, if anything, would be if Minnesota were to beat Dallas. You know, I don't think anybody thinks that's going to happen. You know, Dallas owned them in the season series four to one. I honestly have them taking it. You know, a hundred percent of the time, I, I wouldn't bet against them. I think they're going to go through in that one. Um, I, I do agree with you. I do have St. Louis beating Chicago. I don't see it as an upset as much. I know. You know, Chicago are the champs. They they probably are favored over St. Louis despite the points standing, and even St. Louis uh, having the season series edge three to two. But um, you know, I, I think St. Louis has what it takes this year. I think the the Blackhawks missing Duncan Keith in game one. Uh, Corey Crawford just coming off an injury. He don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent. I think if St. Louis can jump on them early with, with the home ice advantage, I, I think they could take the season. And you know, I guess it would be an upset with Chicago being the defending Stanley Cup champs, but. You know, and we already talked a bunch about our series too. I think that the next biggest upset would probably be Nashville beating us. I think you know, a lot of people do have Nashville going in past the Ducks, but I think the Ducks should be able to handle them. And and then you know, you look at the the California series down there with uh, San Jose versus uh, LA. I think uh, San Jose getting through uh, would, would be an upset, uh, you know, on the cards as well. Yeah, San Jose is definitely going to want some uh, a payback after you know the way LA's played them the last couple of uh, playoff series. If you look at the Eastern Conference and the matchups, I, I really think the one for me that sticks out in my mind, Eddie, is Detroit against Tampa Bay because uh, Tampa Bay, obviously, with Stamkos out and getting more injuries in this last week, I think Detroit's the team that maybe pulls that one off. They split the season series 2-2. Two to two. That's the big one to me. All the rest, uh, they're pretty tight. I mean, I think Washington gets by Philly. Uh, Pittsburgh takes out New York. Uh, Florida and the Islanders, that you know, that might be a little bit more of a closer one, but I still think the Panthers win that one as well. Yeah, I, I think the, the the East is definitely a lot closer than the West. Uh, you know, I do think the Panthers squeak it out against the Islanders. I think they have uh, better goaltending and Roberto Luongo, and I, I think they just have better team chemistry. They're going to rally around Yammer Yager, and I think they'll get by them. And, 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 you know, the Detroit one is very interesting. I mean, like you said, Steven Stamkos is out. Tyler Johnson is now out for, for an undisclosed amount of time. And those are two key players for them as well. 
And, I mean, they're going to have to rely a lot on Bishop and a lot on Nikita Kucherov and Andre Palat and, and a lot of the other guys. Jonathan Druan, who, who scored two goals since coming back uh, from the uh, Syracuse in the AHL, he's going to be relied a lot, uh, upon a pot, too. And, you know, I, I, it's unfortunate to say because I don't want to see them move on, but I, I think Detroit is going to get through through this series. You know, they, they might rally um, on this being Datsuk's last season in the NHL, and they, they, you know, they might be able to squeak by San Jose and get into to the next round. Um, you know, moving on to Philly and Washington, I, I honestly think this is going to be a lot closer than some people think. Uh, I mean, Philly has had to battle back and, and, and fight hard to, to get into the playoffs, you know, bring after bringing up Shane Gostisbehere, who's, who's going to be up for a Calder trophy for sure. He's been amazing for them. He's helped them get in Wayne Simmons, Claude Giroux, Jacob Voracek, you know, Steve Mason has been playing out of his mind lately too. I think they have an extremely good team and I think they're going to play, this series tight, you know, Washington, I think is going to have to uh, eventually take the series, but I think it's going to be a lot closer to people thinking it's going to take about six and seven games. Um, and then finally Pittsburgh versus the Rangers. I, in my opinion, I think this is, this is the series where this could be a sweep. And, and I mean, a, a lot of people probably are going to wonder how I could pick Pittsburgh to, to be the Rangers in the sweep. But I think Lundqvist has been struggling lately Pittsburgh, it, it, other than the Ducks, have been the hottest team in the NHL since Christmas. You know they've got back all the way into second in the Eastern Conference from where they started. Then uh, they've done this without Evgeny Malkin. Uh, if he's back for the playoffs, Sidney Crosby, you know Chris Letang, Fleury, and Matt Murray for them have been outstanding in, in goal. And I, you know, I think they could even make a run all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals this year. That's how good they've been. You know, you, you mentioned Detroit in there, too. What did you think about uh, Datsuk and, you know, his announcement about playing, you know, his final season in NHL? Yeah, I, I mean, he does have one year on his more one more year on his contract, but it looks like from what he said to the media and from what, you know, NHL.com and other places are reporting is he's going to leave to go back to Russia uh, for family reasons and, and end his career. And, and I think that's huge news for Detroit. I mean, they just, just scraped into the playoffs this year. Uh, they they only got in because of a, a 6-1 Boston Bruins loss to the Ottawa Senators. They ended up losing the, their final game of the season to the Rangers that they needed a point in to, to get in. Luckily, they had the tiebreaker on regulation overtime wins. And, and he's a key player to, to their, their franchise. And, and losing a guy like that, I mean, he is 38. He was eventually going to retire, but... It's going to hurt them next year. There's no one on that lineup that's going to replace him. You know, Larkin will take a step forward. You know, Zedek Bruce getting older. Cronwall, Jimmy Howard, they're all getting older. I think this is going to be a tough transition for the team. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them fighting for a playoff spot next year. But, you know, honestly, I think next year is the year the streak finally ends if he's not there. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Detroit uh, this playoff run and the next season uh, if he does, in fact, uh, you know, hang it up in the NHL this year. Uh, with that, uh, pretty much going to wrap up the show, Eddie. Uh, we're going to do you know more podcasts during the playoffs. Kind of depends on how the series goes. We may do one uh, next week after the first two games uh, and then see after that. Sometimes we try to do one in the middle of a series and then at the end of a series. So we'll, we'll have to play it by ear. Uh, we are going to have watch parties. Uh, i have to figure out the dates on that for you. I'll get you that information as well. And we still do have our NHL bracket going on. Uh, if you check it out, uh, it's Ducks and Pucks uh, under the NHL.com website. Go on there and sign up. Uh, please email us your in- info that you sign up with at uh, info at DucksandPucks.com. Uh, first place is going to get a free custom jersey 
of your choice from Monkey Sports, or actually uh, specifically Goalie Monkey in Santa Ana, which is part of Monkey Sports. And the second and third place winners will also get some other free Ducks and Pucks gear or Ducks-related stuff as well. So look for that. Please sign up for that. Uh, we'll post the uh, updates on the watch party. We'll keep you informed as things come out. And um, I just want to really thank everybody for the support. You know, uh, Ducks and Pucks has been around for three seasons now covering the Ducks. Uh, Eddie and I have covered the Ducks on the podcast for the last two seasons. And uh, this really came out of nowhere, Eddie. I mean, you know the story. Those of you that haven't followed us from the beginning, all this was was a T-shirt idea that ended up becoming a website and now, uh, you know, radio show slash podcast. So it's really grown. Uh, we've got a lot of support from Fox Sports West, uh, Eric Stevens at the Register, people on the Ducks, uh, Phil Hewitt, uh, a, a lot of support. And uh, I really appreciate the support from all the professionals out there. Uh, of course, all of you listening as well. Um, it's been you know huge and it's been a whirlwind. Uh, and I have to give a lot of credit to you, Eddie, too, because you came up with this idea when I, I said, nah, you know, I sound uh, kind of dumb on the radio, but uh, I'm glad I didn't listen to myself and we did this, Eddie. It's been fun the last two seasons. Yeah, it, you know, it's been great. and It's been an interesting experience. It's something I, I actually never thought I would do. Uh, I mean, it, when the opportunity presented itself, I, I wouldn't want to do it, you know, talk about anything other than the Ducks. And, and, you know, it's been great so far. And, you know, hopefully... This year, we can end off with a, a Stanley Cup victory, and we can have a, a Stanley Cup celebration podcast, and that will be something that we, we could look forward to. But no, either way, it, it's been great, and you know, it, it's two seasons now, and hopefully we'll keep going from here. Definitely, and uh, I know there's other sources out there for Ducks information, uh, unofficial ones too as well, and uh, the more the better, but uh, I'm glad that uh, you guys listen to us and, and read our articles and support the things that we do. Uh, we're all about pumping up the Ducks and keeping everybody informed in SoCal, and uh, let's just go Ducks and hopefully we'll make a deep playoff run like Eddie said and get to the Stanley Cup final. So we'll see you in a week. Uh, let's go Ducks. <laughs>